very foundation of Christianity. What sets us apart from any other belief is that God sacrificed himself to save us from our impending destruction. And we know this. But how often do we really stop and reflect on what Jesus went through, how he suffered for us? I think oftentimes we almost bypass the suffering that he endured and, and we focus on the fact that the result is our salvation, which we honestly thank him for and we praise him for. But today of all days, I think it's important that we stop and reflect on what Christ really went through. Pastor Taryn read for us from the prophet Isaiah and the prophecy about what the Messiah would go through. And there's debate in the Jewish community as to who this suffering servant really is. But once you read the gospel account, no one can rightfully deny the sufferings foretold in Isaiah were truly Jesus Christ. And so tonight I want to put our energy in reflecting on how he suffered. We've heard scripture read. We know the gospel account. And I just want to talk through it tonight. And I want to offer you a, a little bit of a warning because I will go into some detail. But I think it's important to understand what he went through. Leading up to the arrest, it's more than an understatement to say that Jesus was stressed. As he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke tells us that Jesus' sweat was like blood. Medically speaking, under great stress, capillaries in the sweat glands can break and it mixes with, the, with sweat and it does appear that one is sweating blood. I can't even imagine the psychological and emotional torture that Jesus would have endured as the hour drew near. The soldiers mocked him. Mocked is a very delicate word for what was actually a grotesque charade that they put on with him. The crown of thorns jammed onto his head. The purple robe, hail king of the Jews. They spit on his face. They blindfolded him and punched him and said, prophesy. Who was the one that hit you? Pilate had Jesus scourged. In the gospel accounts, that's all we have as far as the details of what that entailed. But the Romans were experts at making people suffer. We have historical remarks of, of what scourging really is. The whip, not a single strap of leather, but multiple straps pieces of sharp bone or glass on each end. And when whipped with this, would literally rip the flesh open. We read in Isaiah that Jesus was scourged to the point of disfigurement, barely recognizable as human. This is how he was presented to the crowds. Pilate hoping that they would see Jesus in this state and call off the riot. It was in this state that the mob shouted, Crucify him! 
And so he was turned over to be crucified. And they strapped the large cross beam on his back and he carried it through town all the way out to the hill. He was stripped naked. And then they nailed his wrists, which would have cut the large sensory motor median nerves, causing excruciating pain. And then the nails through the feet also damaging nerve endings. And it's important to understand that Rome, they were experts. And neither of these wounds to the wrists or the feet caused substantial bleeding. Since no major arteries were ruptured, the executioner took very great care to ensure this so that the death would be slower and that the suffering would be longer. Then the real suffering begins as he hangs there because the weight of his body was pulling down on his wrists. And to get any sort of relief, he had to push himself up, causing pain in his feet and legs. But that's the only way he could breathe because it's very difficult to breathe when you're hanging. You have to lift up to get a breath of air. And that cycle would continue. Shearing pain on his wrists, lift up, pain on his legs, relax, throwing his head back in exhaustion. The crown of thorns was there. His back rubbing up against a rough board with the open wounds. The inability to breathe properly would have caused severe and unbearable muscle cramps, making it even more difficult to lift his body to take a breath. Most victims die not from blood loss, but from suffocation. But only after several hours and sometimes days of such immense pain and suffering. And as Jesus was during, enduring all of this, looking down at those who put him there, he cried, Father, forgive them. We are forgiven. Only through the terrible suffering Christ endured on the cross, we are forgiven. His offer of forgiveness demands a reaction. It demands a response. And there are only two possible responses. And we see these two responses in the gospel accounts. During the tragic night of Jesus' arrest, there are two disciples who acted out against Jesus. Judas betrayed him, and Peter denied him. Judas had been a disciple of Jesus the whole time, and he would have heard the same teaching, experienced the same miracles, saw the same Jesus that the others did, but it apparently didn't sink into his core because when he saw an opportunity during the week, Judas strikes a deal with the religious leaders to betray Jesus. He accepted 30 pieces of silver to alert them when the time was right to strike. During the Passover meal, Jesus released Judas to do what he needed to do. What must have gone through Judas's mind when Jesus all but tells him, 
I know what you're about to do. Judas leaves the table knowing where Jesus will be later that night. And late that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, under the cover of darkness, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. And the soldiers arrested him and take him off. Later, Judas felt such remorse, he tried to give the 30 pieces of silver back to the religious leaders. And when they refused, he threw the money and ran. And this is where Judas' response becomes final. He was so overcome by his sin, he took his own life. This is one possible response to continue to live in captivity of sin. Peter had also been a disciple of Jesus from the beginning and heard the same teaching, experienced the same miracles, and saw the same Jesus that others did. And during the Passover meal that night, Jesus prayed for Peter and predicted that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crows. And of course, Peter would have had no way of knowing what was going to come that night and the day following. And after Jesus was arrested, they took him to the high priest and the disciples scattered. But Peter followed at a distance. And the crowd gathered around a fire in the courtyard and Peter was among them. And I imagine Peter desperately trying to figure out what to do, terrified, but trying to stay loyal to his teacher. He stayed close by. Someone recognized him and called him out. In Peter's fear, he denied knowing Jesus. And I imagine he would have probably walked away from the fire, the light, so his face wasn't as noticeable. But a little while later, someone else recognized him and called him out, and yet Peter denied it. And a third time, someone again recognized him as one of the 12, and Peter denied even knowing Jesus. And just then, the rooster crowed. And to make matters worse, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And the two men locked eyes, and Peter was horrified. He remembered Jesus' words from earlier that night, and he realized what he had done. He ran from the crowd and wept bitterly. He had denied the Messiah. Peter is absent then in the Gospels until after the resurrection. And of course, when Peter spends time with the resurrected Savior, he regains his faith and accepts the forgiveness, the amazing grace offered to him. And he becomes one of the most passionate leaders and disciple makers in history. Which reaction to Jesus and his sacrifice have you chosen? To continue in the uh, captivity of sin or live freely as a passionate, worshiping disciple maker? There's no middle ground. There's another man that needs to be mentioned tonight. We don't know much about him. Barabbas, he was a prisoner, arrested for insurrection against Rome and for murder. During the Passover, it was tradition for a Jewish prisoner to be released. Every year this happened at this time. Pilate tried to convince the crowd to accept Jesus as that released prisoner. 
But instead, the crowd called for Barabbas to be released. Now, there's two Old Testament layers happening uh, here. The Passover tradition releasing a Jewish prisoner just as Israel was freed from Egyptian slavery. But for the second Old Testament layer, we have to go to the Day of Atonement, where a high priest would examine two goats and one for sacrifice, whose blood was spilled, and the other, the scapegoat, released back into freedom. Pilate announced to the crowd that he had examined Jesus and found no fault in him. Would that not have been the high priest's choice for sacrifice? The most pure and faultless? Isn't it interesting that the priests were the ones calling for Barabbas and for the sinless lamb, the spotless goat to be sent to be crucified? It was Pilate that actually identified Jesus as spotless. Barabbas was set to be crucified as a prisoner. Jesus literally took his place on the cross. I wish I could know more about Barabbas and his response. How did he respond? Did he continue to live in the captivity of sin? Or did he accept the unbelievable grace offered to him that day? We can only really speculate about Barabbas, but we don't have to wonder about us because we are Barabbas. Did you know that the name Barabbas literally means son of the father? Bar, son of, Abba, father. Jesus, the son of God, didn't only take the place of Barabbas, but he took our place, setting us free so that we too could have a chance to be Barabbas, the son of the father. When you came in, you should have received a communion cup. If you would, please take out the bread, because I'd like to do this together as a family. Just as the disciples would have heard during the Last Supper, the Passover meal, they would have been confused about it at first. But this is Christ's body broken for you. And this is Christ's blood poured out for you. Father, I have no words to express my thankfulness to you. I'm sorry for what you had to go through because of me. Help us all to respond to your amazing grace with a life that honors you. In your son's name, amen.